Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. So glad that you could be with us this day as we reflect upon God's word and to prepare to do so, let us take a moment to listen to some beautiful piano music. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture lessons are three in number. The first comes from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter six, verses one through eight. Hear the word of God. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance. Above them each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. 
The second lesson is from the New Testament, John chapter 12, verses 20 through 26. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks, and they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. And those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and wherever I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. And finally, these words also from Jesus coming from Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the highlights of my life was the opportunity I had to visit Westminster Abbey in London, England to attend the special worship service to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the death of Clive Staples Lewis, otherwise known as C.S. Lewis. The Abbey was closed to visitors except for the thousand of us who were there to remember this great saint and to witness the laying of a memorial stone in the floor of the Abbey in Poet's Corner. Over 3,000 people are buried at Westminster Abbey, and Lewis is not one of them. He and his brother are buried in a rather humble churchyard in, at the church the two of them attended outside of Oxford every Sunday. Lewis died on November the 22nd, 1963, a day familiar to most Americans because it is precisely the same day that John F. Kennedy was shot. It's also the day that Aldous Huxley died, the author of Brave New World. But the people of the Abbey felt it important to remember Lewis with a stone, and as you can imagine, it was quite moving to participate in the service and to join with fellow Lewisites in giving thanks for a man who so shaped the world of modern Christendom. When visiting that day, I made a point to find on the outside and above the great west door of the Abbey the ten statues of the modern martyrs people who in varying ways gave their life to shape the modern Christian world, all of whom sacrificed their lives to do so. They include Maximilian Kolbe from Poland, Manche Masamola from South Africa, the Grand Duchess Elizabeth from Russia, Martin Luther King Jr., a civil rights leader here in the States, Oscar Romeo from El Salvador, Dietrich Bonhoeffer from Germany, Esther John from Pakistan, and others. It was quite a humbling day to remember and ponder the lives of those who had given so much to bear witness to their faith. And it causes one to wonder, what was it that freed them to do this? And I say freed them because if you're like me, I oftentimes feel like there's so much that holds me back from committing more and more of my life to Jesus. All those things that I don't want to let go of, all the priorities of my life that seem to take precedence 
the yoke that I think Jesus wants to put on me doesn't feel easy. The idea that Jesus talks about, about a seed falling to the ground and dying doesn't appeal to me. The call that Isaiah receives from the Lord high and lifted up seems overwhelming. But when I think about it, I begin to, and begin to learn more about these people, I begin to learn that maybe what makes all this seem so hard to me is my own way of making it complicated. I want Jesus, oh, but I want a lot of other things, which usually means I get the other things, but not Jesus. One of those statues was of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, as I mentioned, whom I've talked about in other devotions. I'm almost as familiar with Bonhoeffer as I am Lewis, and there's a passage in one of his books, a book called The Cost of Discipleship, that seems to put all this so plainly, how the call of Jesus doesn't have to be as complicated as we seem to make it. Allow me to read it to you, and bear with me, it's a little bit on the longer side. Bonhoeffer writes, When the Bible speaks of following Jesus, it is proclaiming a discipleship which will liberate humanity from all human-made dogmas, from every, every burden and oppression, from every anxiety and torture which afflicts the conscience. If they follow Jesus, people escape from the hard yoke of Jesus Christ. But does this mean that we ignore the seriousness of his commands? Far from it. We can only achieve perfect liberty and enjoy fellowship with Jesus when his command, his call to absolute discipleship, is appreciated in its entirety. Only the person who follows the command of Jesus single-mindedly and unresistingly lets his yoke rest upon him, finds his burden easy, and under its gentle pressure receives the power to persevere in the right way. The command of Jesus is hard, unutterably hard for those who try to resist it. But for those who willingly submit, ah, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. His commandments are not grievous. The commandment of Jesus is not a sort of spiritual shock treatment, Bonhoeffer continues. No, Jesus asks nothing of us without giving us the strength to perform it. His commandment never seeks to destroy life, but to foster strengthen and heal it. To repeat just a couple of those lines, only the person who follows the command of Jesus single-mindedly and unresistingly lets his yoke rest upon him, finds his burden easy, and under its gentle pressure receives the power to persevere in the right way. His commandment never seeks to destroy life, but instead to foster it, strengthen it, and heal it. Jesus talks about that grain of wheat falling to the earth and dying. It is his call to us to let go of all those things that hold us back, to let go of all those things that seem to get in the way of that single-minded pursuit of Jesus' way, truth, and life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus says, and all the basics shall be added. Imagine how stressful life would be if all we worried about was how to let Jesus love us and how to let Jesus love through us our neighbor, losing her lives in order to find them. May it be so. Let us pray 
And let us pray in the words of the great hymn by Francis Havergal. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee, ever only all for thee. Amen.